You're listening to the On the Go with VAO news podcast for the week ending September 4th, 2015. Hello and welcome back. This is our Friday recap of some of the top headlines from this week's daily acquisition news intended to help you stay caught up on the most important acquisition related developments no matter where you are. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Bill Olver, VAO content developer and senior news writer. And I'm Bill's colleague, content developer and fellow news writer, Derek Curran. Hello, everyone. Just a reminder that our podcast can now be found on iTunes. You can search for us using ASI Government or the title of our podcast, On the Go with VAO. You can listen to us there directly, download the file to your computer or mobile device, and you can subscribe to automatically download the latest episode when it's released. And first up, let's talk about some headlines. President Barack Obama has sent an alternative pay plan to Congress that would provide a 1% increase for federal civilian employees across the board in 2016. A separate plan would raise monthly basic pay for military service members by 1.3%. Congress can now either allow the proposals to take effect or enact legislation establishing a different percentage or a pay freeze. We have some positive post-hack news. The General Services Administration has awarded five-year federal supply schedule blanket purchase agreements for identity monitoring and data breach response and protection services to one vendor, Identity Theft Guard Solutions, and two contractor teaming arrangements. The agreements are valued at up to $500 million. In addition, the Office of Personnel Management and the Department of Defense awarded that same single vendor, Identity Theft Guard Solutions, a $133.3 million task order under the BPA to provide identity and credit monitoring, identity theft insurance, and identity restoration services to individuals whose personal data was compromised during the cyber attacks on OPM databases. Official notices will begin going out to affected personnel by the end of September. GSA has released a series of tools on its acquisition gateway and is inviting agency feedback on whether the applications are helping buyers save time and money. The existing apps include an automated contract finder and a cost calculator, and those will soon be joined by a statement of work builder and new decision support tools. According to Lars Stanton, Acting Assistant Commissioner for GSA's Office of Strategy Management, GSA is paying close attention to the topics and tools attracting the most user attention. Underused areas may ultimately be targeted for outreach programs or content revisions, while popular topic areas may be expanded. GSA's 18F team has added 16 businesses to the design and development full stack portion of its Agile Delivery Blanket Purchase Agreement. 18F is still in the evaluation process for two other segments of the initiative, which will select small businesses to provide separate design and development services. The Department of Energy has updated its conference management policies and procedures with an eye on streamlining the approval and oversight processes and facilitating more participation in professional conferences. According to Deputy Secretary Elizabeth Sherwood-Randall, the new policies will allow for a faster approval process, which will allow attendees to take advantage of reduced early registration fees and lower-cost travel arrangements. Among the changes, DOE is separating conferences into events sponsored by the department and its contractors and those sponsored by outside organizations, holding contractors contractually accountable for responsibly managing and tracking costs for participating in external conferences, requiring each undersecretary whose organization or contractor intends to sponsor a conference costing more than $100,000 to sign the approval package for the event, and streamlining data collection for conferences costing over $100,000. 
Undersecretary of Defense for Acquisition, Technology, and Logistics Frank Kendall is taking steps to ensure that Department of Defense personnel and industry partners coordinate on independent research and development, or IR&D, projects, which is one of the goals outlined in Better Buying Power 3.0. Kendall notes that the impact of IR&D projects can be maximized by companies sharing with the government what they are working on and the government discussing existing related programs that may be underway, as well as tie-ins to potential future acquisitions. By fiscal year 2017, Kendall intends for all new IR&D projects to be preceded by a meeting between DOD and the performing organization and for contractors to document when and with whom a technical interchange took place prior to project initiation. Defense components will be tasked with developing plans to facilitate regularly occurring IR&D meetings no later than July 2016, and Kendall will request the Defense Acquisition Regulations Council draft a DFARS amendment implementing the new requirements. OMB and the Treasury Department have finalized the data standards for federal spending reporting required under the Digital Accountability and Transparency Act. There are 57 standards, first unveiled in draft guidance in May, which are aimed at improving data clarity and consistency, as well as providing context to the data published on usaspending.gov, resulting in a more complete overview of how taxpayer dollars are being spent. The guidance is expected to evolve over time as OMB and Treasury work directly with federal agencies to implement the reporting requirements and obtain stakeholder feedback. The Office of Defense Procurement and Acquisition Policy has issued a class deviation raising the Earned Value Management System Compliance Review Threshold for Subject Cost or Incentive Contracts and Subcontracts from $50 million to $100 million, effective immediately. The deviation specifically applies to DFARS 234.201 and DFARS 252.234-7002. A replacement clause is included as an attachment to the September 1st Memorandum. On September 3rd, we had two final rules published in Federal Acquisition Circular 2005-84. Specifically, effective October 5th, 2015, one final rule amends the FAR to extend the Electronic Product Environmental Assessment Tool procurement requirement to cover televisions and imaging equipment such as copiers and scanners. The rule also modifies the existing FAR requirements to incorporate the revised standard applicable to computer products. An interim rule published June 14, 2014, is adopted as final with some minor changes. Effective September 3rd, one final rule made some editorial changes and updated certain elements in 48 CFR Parts 4, 31, 35, and 52. The change to Part 31 restores text accidentally deleted in a June 21, 2013 final rule. In a notice in today's Federal Register, the U.S. Agency for International Development announced it will extend the public comment period on a proposed rule that would clarify policies related to the use of federal funding to support social services provided by faith-based and community organizations. Instead of closing on the original date of September 8th, written comments will now be accepted through October 5th. So, Bill... Last week, we took Congress fairly solidly to task, bemoaning their apparent inability to agree on a long-term appropriations uh, bill. Yes. yes. Shocking. Oh, my gosh. And which would then let everybody bask in the relative calm consistency of having one entire year's worth of money to plan with. But instead, we've all pretty much come around to expecting the funds will be doled out under a continuing resolution. So there was an interesting interview this week with a former federal official uh, who actually held not just one, but two top government posts who offered an unusual glasses-half-full perspective on CRs. 
Right, right. That was uh, Linda Springer. She was OMB controller and also director of OPM. Yeah, big stuff. And yes, yes, not a not a lightweight. So, yeah. but she's of the opinion that CRs can be an opportunity, and she offered a few strategies that agencies can use to get the most out of a short-term funding measure. Um, you know, the first thing she mentioned was focusing on what you can keep going, which makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. A continuing resolution just continues what you're doing last year. <laughs> so, you know, what's already underway, what has momentum. Highlight those to your organization and say, hey, let's keep our focus on completing X, Y, and Z that didn't require a lot of changes or a new contract. What we, what can we keep doing? Yeah, I imagine that, you know, initially when a continuing resolution goes through, there's probably a lot of hand-wringing is sort of the first, like, sure. knee-jerk reaction. Like, oh, my God, now what are we going to do? You know, so, yeah, I think that was, you know, that's, that's smart advice. Just be like, all right, the whole sky is not completely falling. Um, and, you know, I kind of like the next tip, too, about – don't panic. Go and see what's left in the piggy bank. And now translated into government terms, that means see what's still in the coffers, what's unobligated, what's unspent. And, you know, that makes sense. The second half of that is, um, you know, can you can you move it around? <laughs> Are you able right, to right. You know, reprogram it? And uh, and then you'll want to prioritize what's out there. Um, so there's a sort of a complicated kind of math that then goes on to try to identify who's going to be the lucky recipient of that piggy bank stash. So it's uh, you want to assess whether something's far enough along or, or even is it small enough and will either of those items confer a sufficient payoff that, okay, yes, let's spend our, our funding that we do have on those and, and get those rolling. Right, get, get the most out of your tidbits. Yeah. Right, right. And, you know, that brings us back to Agile, which we talked about. Yes, which we (laughs) talked about last week. Uh, You know, if you can break something down into smaller bites, you might still be able to keep that program moving forward, right? Even if the funding to complete the whole thing, you know, isn't there yet, or if you even don't know if it will be there yet. Right, uncertain future, sure. Right, you know, and, you know, the other important principle to remember is, you know, some programs will be too big to get off the ground under a continuing resolution. You can't really do anything new under a continuing resolution. Um, but, you know, some things are going to be too hard to continue, and those are just going to have to be postponed until there's more cash or certainty. Or both. Or both. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't get excited here. I don't you know, like is in the car. Be realistic. Yeah, that's <laughs> You can have one. Yes, gauzy-eyed optimism, getting floating away with that. <laughs> yeah, yes, and <laughs> Springer Springer also said that this this exercise in you know which called documenting and prioritizing, it covers a lot of same ground that transition officers are going to need to start gathering as they prepare for the handoff to the next administration. That's, coming sooner that than is, we think. Yes, my gosh, what, sixteen months. Oh man, you know, and so agencies are going to be doing homework that they can reuse for another. Assignment, right? That, that is a good outcome. Yes. You know, they can re they can reuse these skills, and and she didn't spell it out specifically, but I I think in part, it's it's also valuable for agencies to always assess, assess uh, you know, what are their priorities, you know, what needs to be shelved because it's part of a longer term goal, and and what is a quick win that can be accomplished without much money or time. I mean, that's it. That's and some sometimes when you have that opportunity, those are good things to do anyway. Absolutely. I, I'm sure things come to the surface. You need, looking at it with a different perspective and things like that. And you do always want to take the time to gaze inward a little bit. You know, can we be leaner and meaner in some areas? And, and certainly you, you're going to have to make do when you have a CR. So I, I, I will say somewhat begrudgingly that I can see her point of view on this. So Miss, Miss Sally Sunshine this week, she is. <laughs> so <laughs> even though, of course, everyone really wants to see a solid year of funding, they can count on instead. So, yes. Yes. Anyway. All right. Well, 
that wraps us up for this episode. If you are a government agency subscriber to ASI's suite of acquisition publications, you can find links to the headlines we recapped for further reading on VAO on the very same page where you downloaded this podcast. And also, we invite you to join us next Thursday, September 10th, for our next monthly update where we'll recap the acquisition developments that occurred during August of 2015. Not a lot because everybody's out of town, but we do have some good things to cover. <laughs> Vacation, yes. <laughs> yes. You'll find the link to that um, also on this VAO page. And you can also comment about our podcast. We'd love to have your feedback on the format or the content or anything else you'd like to tell us. And we invite you to come back again on September 11th for our next weekly news recap. Next Thanks Friday. Thanks for joining us. Yep. Yes. And we hope everybody has a fantastic Labor Day weekend. Bye. Yes.